The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and Sure. Better health, better life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. The conference hardware has been awarded now just one more week until the postseason. Good evening and welcome to the WLEW Sports Network's presentation of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. Even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Uh, Paul, good to see you. It is, I was glad to be back. I've missed the strong side, but we're back, which means playoffs is right around the corner. Also in studio with us is the sports editor the Huron County View, Paul P. Adams. Oh, it's good to be back. I was, I was so excited yesterday. Dave and I had our own strong side for about two hours at the golf course. <laughs> Both divisions in the Greater Thumb Conference have repeat champions from a, week, a year ago, Cassidy and Harbor Beach. But I'm confident when I say they are not satisfied with just a conference title. There's still plenty of unfinished business for the Red Hawks and Pirates. There sure is. Uh, take, we'll take a look at the uh, the expected districts later, but a challenging one for Harbor Beach, and it uh, looks like a very tough draw for the Red Hawks. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to that Week 9 game. Uh, I'm going to venture outside my area for the first time this year. I, I definitely want to see this ugly uh, Cass City game. It's an in-depth look at the week number eight games and a forecast for the postseason for the next 60 minutes. It's all right here on Sports Radio 1021 and com With Dave Hansen, Paul P. Adams, and Clark Ramsey, left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, the choice is simple. Thompson Chevrolet. Located on M19, just north of Ubley, it's a short drive to find the best quality cars, trucks, and SUVs on the market. Come in and check out the all-new Chevy Blazer, Chevy Equinox, or the strongest, most advanced Chevy Silverado in its history. With free pickup and delivery available on service appointments. With GM-certified mechanics, keep your vehicle in top running shape year-round with Thompson Chevrolet. If your next new vehicle is not on the lot, they can get it for you. No problem at all. 2020s are now in stock, so come in, check them out, and see why so many go Thompson. That's GoThompsonChevrolet.com. GoThompsonChevrolet.com. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at W at LWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams tonight with the return of The Strong Side. From this point forward, we will have The Strong Side every single Sunday until the football season ends. Let's take a look through the week number eight scoreboard in the NCTL, the North Central Thumb League eight-player football. We had a whole slew. Morris was supposed to play Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart had seven injuries on a 19-player roster, so they forfeited against Morris. So Morris then went out and picked up a free game against Crystal Falls Forest Park, and Forest Park defeats Morris and gives Morris their first loss of the season, 22-14, to on a neutral field up in Pickford. Ashley at Burton or Ashley hosted Burton Madison. Ashley wins 64 to 12. And Genesee takes out Flint International the Phoenix 30 to 12 in the NCTL Red. I always thought that was the House of Pancakes was their nickname. Well the Flint International House of Pancakes, yes, yes but they are starting to serve burgers anyway. So in the NCTL White Division, we have Caseville at Owen Gage. This is the game Paul P. Adams was at. Owen Gage wins their second time this season, fifty-six to thirty over Caseville. New Haven Merritt takes count of Akron Fairgrove, the Mustangs or the Vikings fifty six nothing. Based at All Saints, the Catholics blank Carsonville Port Sanilac 26 0 in the NCTL White Division. Yeah, I can't say enough about how impressed I, I am with uh, Owen Gage this year. Uh, taking the term eight player football very literally this year for most of the season, only had eight players. So they know going into any game, if they suffer an injury, whether they're winning or losing, uh, that game is over. They had to forfeit their week one game leading against Burton Madison uh, because they ran out of players. So uh, really. I, I think such the definition of heart for Owen Gage this year because these kids could have packed it up, stopped playing, and uh, nobody would have batted an eye, but they stuck it through. This was going to be this is their final game. They are going to forfeit their Week Nine game to New Haven Merritt, so they do walk off uh, at winners in, in their rivalry game. 
I wonder how good New Haven Merritt really is because it's hard to even judge them. They've won almost all their games but one, but they haven't played anybody. The white is just so down. They're they're banged up. A lot of these schools are have nine kids or ten kids on the roster. I personally don't know if they're as good as what their record shows, but I guess when we put them to the test, we'll find out. They aren't. <laughs> in, in, a, in a quick answer, they, they are not. And when they get into the playoffs and have to go against the Deckerville or uh, one of the other NCTL blue teams, I think you'll see that, that disparity pretty wide there. That would be hard to say, sir. They're each outstanding in their own way. In the NCTL blue, Burt Napton loses to Peck 60-16, to Mayville over North Huron 40-14, to and Deckerville at Kingston takes out the Cardinal, uh, Kingston Cardinals 42-34. to We'll have more on that one in a moment. In the Greater Thumb Conference 11-player football, Bad Axe defeats Carroll at home 41-27. to USA blanks Vassar in Sebring. 60 to nothing. Cass City goes on the road in Blanks Reese, 46 nothing. Lakers goes to Memphis. Shout out there, 52 nothing. Memphis 0 8 on the season. Lakers punches their ticket to the playoffs with six victories. In the Greater Thumb East, Brown City doubles up K Pack, 34 to 17. Ubley takes care of business in Marlette, 56 to 8. And our game of the week on the WLW Sports Network was Harbor Beach at Sandusky. And the Pirates win their eighth time this season, 41 to 20 over the Redskins. I know we're going to talk about this game a little bit later, but my goodness, USA, what a turnaround to the season from 0-2 to one game away from the playoffs. And let's be honest, that they have Brown City coming in this week. Uh, that's going to be a win for USA. Uh, so, you know, no sitting on pins and needles wondering if you're in. They are going to take care of business. They're going to get their sixth wins. And when I saw these guys, uh, USA, in week one, this this looked like a three-win tops team. Uh, you can't say enough about what – uh, how how the, the job that Josh Hahn and Eric Gardy and the whole staff over there have done, and these kids have really bought into it. This is a really, really good team and uh, is capable of, of making some noise in the playoffs. Another team that's uh, not going to get any credit and may have arguably the best player in the league is Sandusky. And uh, they have five wins. They, they played Harbor Beach tough. I mean, to draw even at halftime, they, they, were sitting, they were sitting very well. They did some uncharacteristic things. They ran a spread offense the whole game and showcased some of their speed. I thought Sandusky played a really nice game. Harbor Beach just showed that they are the best team in the East, uh, maybe in the whole area. I'm not even sure. I'd like to see them face off with, obviously, Cass City in a dream match. But... Not, not if you ask a certain blogger out there, they're not. Well, this is radio. We don't talk about that. All right, let's talk about that game of the week right here. Harbor Beach at Sandusky in the first quarter. Absolutely no scoring back and forth. Move on to the first play in the second quarter, and Sandusky... Matt Carlson, the quarterback, throws a pass to DeLoren Wedge, breaks free for 57 yards into the end zone. The two-point conversion was good, and suddenly Sandusky is leading 8-0 and has Harbor Beach on the rails. But they respond four minutes later with Harbor Beach's Michael Anderson running in from two yards out. The two-point conversion fails, so Sandusky still leading 8-6. to And then six minutes later, a minute left in the first half, so Sandusky hands it off to Martin Tovar. He gets in from four yards out. The two-point conversion fails, so it's 14-6, an eight-point lead for the Redskins entering at halftime, but wait, not so fast. 20 seconds left in the half. Hover Beach marches down the entire field. Dylan Kadar caps off the drive with a seven-yard pass to Michael Anderson. The two-point conversion is good, and they're tied at halftime, 14-14. In the third quarter, it took a minute five for Hover Beach to score. Devin Puffmore, a 54-yard run, breaks free. And then Dylan Kadar runs it in for two-point conversion. It's now Hover Beach out by eight points, 22-14. Five minutes later, Harbor Beach tacks on another score with a Dylan Cater quarterback keeper 12-yard run. Two-point conversion fails. Now Harbor Beach leading 28-14 to before Sandusky can score with a minute 20 left in the third quarter. Matt Carlson with a four-yard run makes it 28-20. to In the fourth quarter, Harbor Beach tacks on two more scores, a 25-yard pass from Cater to Michael Anderson, and then Devin Puff nine-yard run with a PAT from Woodkey makes it 41-20, to your final score from Sandusky. Harbor Beach clinches the greater thumb east outright. Well, it's been a while since we heard that bell. Man, it's, it's good to be back. Uh, but yeah, a great game. It was back and forth. Sandusky struck first with a long pass from Carlson to DeLorean Wedge as the exciting playmaker that I said goes underrated yes, in the did. greater thumb east. Uh, can do it all. Absolutely can catch the ball, run the ball. He's super fast. He can really do anything for this Sandusky team. And uh, he blew the doors open right away and kind of made you wonder, like, this is going to be a great game. And, and Harbor Beach responded. But uh, the, the change... Everybody's going to look at the Kadar touchdown with less than a minute to go to put it back to even 
at the half. And that's just what Harbor Beach can do with this spread offense and, and a quarterback that can throw the ball, run the ball, and then you have an exciting playmakers like Devin Puff, like Michael Anderson, uh, Woodkey, Seaman. These guys can all catch the football but it was what came out of halftime to me that made the difference, and it started on defense. They took away DeLorean Wedge's run to the outside because they, they were going back and forth, right and left, same play, just flip it over to the far side of the field. And side to side, Hard Beach's defense just was not getting there, and they were giving the sideline seven, eight-plus yards every single play. And it was uh, – for somebody watching the game like we were, Clark, it was really annoying to watch the same play beat a team. You know, you love to see a team be creative and beat a team down the field. Uh, Coach Jacobson didn't have anything different. He says, no. we're going to go that way and that way. And he, he could have looked right across the field and pointed that direction. We're going to run the ball. Harbor Beach didn't have an answer. But come out of the half, that play was taken away immediately. Harbor Beach scores, gives the ball back. They showed them that you're not going to get that run play anymore. They punted it. Harbor Beach scores. And just like that, it's 28-14. And the deer in the headlights look goes for the home team silence in the crowd they changed the game but it started with that defense making the adjustment my only concern is in the playoffs when you play a better team than sandusky you can't wait till halftime to make those changes they have to be made sooner but they made the change at the right time and the offense scored what i believe is on every single drive in the second half and dylan kadar it was the guy that you and i paul and clark and i have been talking about all season long for harbor beach if this team's going to make a run and make a deep run Michael Anderson's talented. Devin Puff is as solid as they come at running back. Dylan Kadar is the X factor that needs to make plays. He was electric on Friday night. Now, part of the reason I think that the, those adjustments came at halftime is I don't think anybody really expected <laughs> Sandusky to come out and run a spread. Well, also, Harbor Beach can't get off the field because they're playing both ways with 15 on their roster. Right. Uh, but did I, I was surprised to hear that, that Sandusky was running a spread and, and running – going away from their traditional wing T because they're one of those wing T teams that we think of. And I say that's a, that's a great job by Coach Jacobson. He came out, showed a different look, and I think that you know maybe they discovered something about themselves in this game as well. You don't have to just be lining up and running three yards in a cloud of dust. They, just, they put their athletes in space, and they had Harbor Beach on their heels. And that's a credit to Harbor Beach uh, for, for withstanding that and then making the proper adjustments. But Two weeks ago, guys, I walked off the field when Harbor Beach beat USA 21 to 14, and it didn't seem like a win for the Pirates at all. They were not happy. Uh, they had struggled, quite frankly, in the second half, really struggled. It's a credit to USA. USA played great, but that was not the Harbor Beach offense that, that we thought we would see. Friday night, this win over Sandusky, this is the type of offense that I thought we could see, where you are showcasing Michael Anderson. Dylan Kadar, Puff, everybody else. But it really, like you said, Dave, this centers around Kadar. Kadar has to be, you know, he has to be a very integral piece. He doesn't have to throw for 202 yards and two touchdowns, but he has to be able to complete passes and he has to be able to run the ball. And he's done that the last couple of weeks. And uh, like you said, Dave, if they are going to make that run, it is going to be with Dylan Kadar playing at this kind of level. And and this score, quite honestly, guys, could have been worse. There were some drop passes in this game, some wide open drop drop passes uh, that could have led to a couple more touchdowns. So uh, that's the things that, that Howard Beach is going to have to shore up. But offensively, it's 41 points, but I think this was the best offensive performance that we've seen from Harbor Beach this year. Altogether, the Harbor Beach put together 408 yards, 202 rushing, 206 passing, 14 for 21 for Dylan Kadar, 206 yards and two scores through the air. Devin Puff led the rushing attack with 10 carries, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Mind you, of those 98 yards, 54 came on one run. For Sandusky, DeLorean Wedge just only had 14 carries and 109 yards, but this is the first game he has not had a rushing touchdown all season long. But on the season now, he has 1,428 yards on 105 carries, and his average went from 14.5 to 13.6. We should be concerned there. It's just unbelievable numbers for that junior. I, I want to add this about Wedge. I wanted to see this game. I wanted to see how he's how he did against an elite defense uh, with all the weapons. Now, he struggled a little bit against Ubley earlier in the year, uh, but uh, I can't remember the name of the kid that was that was hurt. They came, Franzel. 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 Franzel did not play against Ubley, so I don't hold that one against uh, Wedge as much as as I would if it was a full complement of players. 
this this game really showcased Wedge, and I think without a shadow of a doubt, when we vote here in about a month uh, for the Thumb Sports Writers uh, Player of the Year, I, I think Wedge is a Player of the Year, and I think it should be unanimous. Uh, he is he, he proved us 100 yards receiving, 100 yards rushing against an elite defense, a very electric player, and like you said, Clark, only a junior, so there's a lot more to come. Uh, this this kid is uh, he's exciting to watch. He sure is, and I, I said that before we started, and I think if Coach Jacobson and company could go back, they would utilize the spread running game a I little sooner. The same thing, and, and maybe but your ugly game is a little different because that's the only game he struggled. Now, yeah, he, he didn't get a rushing touchdown here, but he caught one. He caught a big one. He had 200 yards total offense. Uh, he had probably two-thirds of their offense, maybe three-quarters. I, I'm not looking at it closely, but he was all over the field. And But what was amazing is when it was done, I, I looked at Clark afterward, and you realize he only had 14 carries? He only had 14 carries. You know, I'm not saying he needs 30, but 14 carries. He does it. He, it's like he goes away for three, four minutes, and then bam, oh, yeah, there's 26, another 10-yard run. I mean, he just – the creativity that Coach Jacobson used – that I think he learned from the Ubley game. He had no success with his best player, whether Franzel was there or not. Tovin's a nice running back. They got other playmakers. Carlson's a nice player, too, and he mm-hmm. throw, can throw the ball. But I, the, the ability to move him around, throw some passes to him, let him run routes, let him run in the tee, let him run from the spread. They start moving him around, and all of a sudden, those big chunk gains happen, and those are what knock even really good defenses back, and bad defenses don't have a chance. And mind you, that Sandusky is going to be a team to watch out for next year. I think they only have two, maybe even three seniors on the entire squad, and all the integral parts are returning. Well, yeah, don't spoil it for us, but bold prediction. Sandusky wins the Greater Thumb East next year. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Harbor Beach or Albany is going to like that statement, but I don't think they realize what is coming back on this team. Harbor Beach now moves on to at 8-0. and They travel to Lakers to wrap up the regular season, who's 6-2. and Sandusky at 5-3. and in order to uh, officially secure a playoff spot, is traveling, uh, hosting Bad Axe to find that sixth victory. Bad Axe at four and four. And, and let me add I, before we go to break, Clark. That's yep. a that's a huge uh, game for Harbor Beach on the road. A game they should win, but it has a lot of playoff implications. A win there, all but assures the playoffs go through Harbor Beach for for the first three rounds through the regional round. And as we know, the Pirates have not been beat at home in the playoffs since I think 2004, a span of 17 games. So home field for Harbor Beach probably means more than anybody else in the area. And for those superstitious, you can play. You can blame Paul P. Adams. Hey, it's time for a short. Facts. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at Carolyn Badax and Vassar at USA, right here on Sports Radio 1021. When we ask, "Are you sure?" We just don't mean it in the sense of utilizing one of our primary care clinics or pharmacies in Pigeon, Caseville, Elkton, or Seabwing. Or stopping by our vision center, senior living, our wellness center, or walk-in clinic that's open more days than Bronner's. When you're sure, it's a whole lot more. It means being one with the community. Our team of nearly 500 healthcare professionals wear a lot of hats, especially in the community. Sure teammates are organizers of local festivals, active members in chambers of commerce, volunteers at food pantries, teammates for Relay for Life, coaches for youth soccer, Board members of local nonprofit foundations. They organize parades, are active in church, donate to charity, and they'll even sit on a roof for a good cause. So when we say we are sure, it's just not providing the best health care in the entire thumb. It's caring about the thumb for a better thumb. No matter the temperature or type of weather we have, we've got your back. Because we know you have ours too. Sure. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. Clark Ramsey, Paul P. Adams, and Dave Hansen tonight. And the return of The Strong Side the rest of the way out. Sundays at 7 p.m. with the exception of next week, which is our two-hour postseason special, begins at 6 p.m. All right, let's talk about the Bad Axe Hatchets and Carroll. Is Carroll at Bad Axe, and it was 41-27 was the final score. At the end of the first, Bad Axe was leading 14-7, 21-14 at the half, 34-21 after the third, and then each score a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it Bad Axe 41-27. Bad Axe led by Jack Clancy with 26 carries, 
333 yards and four touchdowns, including a 64-yard run, a 53-yard run, a 33, and a 34. And then Vinny Blackstock on top of that had an 85-yard run in the second quarter. Impressive numbers here for BetX. Finally starting to click, and they've got four victories. They tied last year's record already. Uh, yeah, and it's a good thing because they have a lot of talent on this team. Um, and I say that as in they've had more than they've had in a long time. But uh, this is good. This Carroll is a beatable team on the road, and they went and showcased this offense has the ability to score a ton of points. little concerning they gave up as many points as they did to Carroll, but Carroll can throw the ball a little bit. They have some gimmicky plays that can tend to work on you if you're not careful, but for Badex, this is a nice win and sets them up with at a 4-4 four and four record with a chance to go 5-4. and four. And and be honest with you, 5-4 and four is going to get you into playoffs. I, sorry. I think I was, so. I was breaking down uh, uh, the playoffs with Todd Gurney today, and I think there's 160 uh, automatic qualifiers right now, and I don't know how many is going to be added after next week, but we're looking at a record number of 5-4 and four teams so basically, if you're five and four and have a heartbeat, you're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, so Badax is definitely playing for something when it goes on the road to Sandusky. But uh, I think that's a tall order with the way Sandusky played against Harbor Beach. But a win there definitely is going to get the hatchets in the playoffs. And I think that's honestly why the MHSA is changing the playoff format. It's basically the same playoff system, except you're removing the six victory automatic, and they're just basically taking the highest. 32 in every division. Yeah, so uh, four-win teams could definitely qualify. The only thing that concerns me about that new format is the divisions will be preset before the season starts, and I don't know if I necessarily Yeah, like I'm not that. sure about that. Moving on to USA and Vassar. Big night for the Patriots. 60 nothing over the Vulcans. Braylon Ballard, 22-yard run. Zimmer, a 29-yard pass to Connor Gettle. Another Ballard run. Corey Pul- or Cody Pulaski getting in the action. Walker Foley, 25-yard run. Zimmer, another touchdown pass to Norris Morton. Walker Foley, and then Cody Plaska with another run. So 409 total rushing yards for USA and six scores through the air, 44 yards and two of four passing from Landon Zimmer. Big night for USA. You know what I like about this game is when you look at the stat sheet, not one guy stands out to you. And it's not that they didn't have good games. Everybody had good games. Ballard, Morton, Gettle, Foley, Pulaski. Right down the list, this team is deep. And can come at you in a variety of ways. You know, we thought at the beginning of the year, this is just going to be the Connor Gettle show. This is not the Connor Gettle show. He is a fine player uh, and, and can definitely carry the load if they need to. But he doesn't have to with guys like Ballard and Foley around him. And I think we've we've seen uh, really the the uh, maturation of Landon Zimmer at quarterback. He has become a, a just a very nice player for this system. This is a true wing T team and they are running it to near perfection right now uh since week two they're only lost to harbor beach and they held harbor beach to a season low 21 points uh this team when they make the playoffs if i'm ugly or harbor beach i don't want to see usa again this is a team that i think every week has has been building momentum and and uh and gaining confidence and uh can't say enough about the job that, that coach Hahn and his staff have done with this this squad i still believe uh that Connor Gettle is the by far the best player on this team. But when everybody knows that you're the best player and you're going to get the ball in those situations, it's a lot easier to kind of jump and guess that route. So the development of the other running backs and Ballard and Nash Morton and Walker Foley, um, even if one of these guys emerge as a great player, it makes Connor Gettle a better player. But the fact that three of them have come out of the woodwork and, and now are weapons for this offense, it's and to me, if – you know, they had more time, you're going to start to see them move pieces around, maybe put some of them out at wide receiver and get all four of them on the field at the same time and really make defenses think and make tackles in space. This team has enough speed to hurt you. They got size. Uh, This is a very good football team. And anybody who saw them in week one and maybe even week two, which I believe was ugly in Cass City, you haven't seen the best of that this football team has to offer. And uh, Coach Hahn took him a little longer to get out of the gates than he'd like. But this is a playoff-bound team, and again, not one you want to see anytime soon. They'd love to have that Cassidy game back. Uh, they were just discovering themselves at that point. They were coming off a horrific loss to Ubley. That was a really bad loss, poor showing. And then they came in Week 2, lost 13-8 to to Cass City. And I think that's a game, if it was played right now, it's definitely not a 13-8 type of game. But, Dave, you know, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Sandusky, young, young team. Hey, this is a young team, too. This could be your Greater Thumb West favorite 
going into next year. They uh, they can thank Ugly for that whipping because uh, it, it would turn them right around. That's exactly what they needed to get motivated. USA at 5-3 and three is hosting Brown City at 4-4 four and four this coming Friday. Vassar at 0-8 oh going against Otisville, Lakeville. Someone's got to win both teams at 0-8. Oh it's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at Lakers, Deckerville, and Ugly right here on Sports Radio 102.1. There are few things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and back pain. And not only back pain, but your neck, your arm, your other arm, legs, feet, and other places. And it can really slow you down. It can keep you from your favorite hobbies, traveling, and even everyday life. So how do we take care of your body's aches and pains? Well, it's quite simple. Active physical therapy in sports medicine. They have two convenient locations, just west of Light and Bad Axe, and on the east end of Sandusky. And they have extended hours, so there's no excuse. You don't have to be some sort of high-end athlete to be a part of active physical therapy and sports medicine. Patient recovery and rehabilitation is the top priority of their trained professionals, no matter the injury. They work with you to create a rehab program designed for you. It's that simple. So if you want to get active, once again... Go to Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Banax and Sandusky. Check it out for yourself at ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com. That's ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com in Banax and Sandusky. Lakers in Memphis, we'll kick things off here on the strong side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams. Week number eight is behind us, just one more week of the regular season before we announce the playoffs right here on Sports Radio 1021. Next week, beginning at 6 p.m., we'll announce the brackets at 7. Lakers in Memphis, final score 52 nothing, 22 nothing at the end of the first, what we believe to be 28 nothing at halftime, and final score 52 to nothing. 248 yards on 31 carries for six touchdowns. Uh, McCain went four for seven for 64 yards and a score. Of course, he's the quarterback brought up from JV and is now uh, starting on varsity. Uh, Ethan Wisner, Garrett Bowles, JT Warren, and Zach Kretschmer each with one reception for a total of 64 yards. Taking care of business in Lakers, regardless of what's happening in that program right now, six victories out of the playoffs. Hey, that's another playoff berth for them. Uh, three three uh, since Coach Verberg's taken over. I believe it's like six out of seven years. Uh, I think so, it's yeah. A, it's a program resurgence for the Lakers right now. Uh, you got to go back to about the in the 1980s for a success like this uh, from this program. Uh, they... they you talk about persevering through some adversity. This team's had its fair share of adversity. Uh, Bryce Sears out for the year. Well, we thought he was out for the year with a broken hand. He came back, broke his ankle. Uh, you know, feel bad for that kid because he's one of the nicest kids I've I've had the uh, pleasure of talking to. And, and through all that, hey, they found a way to grind out six wins, and they're going to make the postseason once again. And it's a relatively young team yet. Yeah, good for them because this has been a rough road for them. But they have some nice players, nice pieces on this team. I really like what Zach Kretschmer brings to the table. The only uh, a sophomore, too. And development of Ethan Wisner, a household name there Freshman. the last few years. Uh, <laughs> these are some guys that can really play. And I, and they're this this time that they're getting is just bonus points for this Lakers team because they, they're probably one or two years away from being what we think could be really good. But it would be really nice if uh, McCain turns out to be something because that only makes them even more dynamic later on. Well, yeah, I, you hate to see the injury to Bryce Sears, um, but as you look at it, it could be a blessing in disguise for McCain getting varsity reps. Uh, you can't put a price on experience, and he's going to get at least one playoff game, and there's something to be said about that. If you remember, Brennan Wisner came from that same situation. Yes, and, indeed. And, you know, now you'd never wish for injuries, but if this guy develops to be something big, this will only jumpstart their future a little bit quicker. Lakers will be hosting Harbor Beach in week number nine at 8 0 for the Pirates, and uh, Memphis at 0 8 travels uh, hosting. Marine City, Cardinal Mooney at 3-5. and five. Jumping over to 8-player for a hot second here, Deckerville and Kingston in one of the most highly anticipated matchups in the NCTL, and it held up to its name. In a back-and-forth game, Deckerville was leading 8 nothing at the end of the first quarter, and then Deckerville scores again to make it 14 nothing after a kind of 8-yard pass to Richie Oldenburg, thanks to Thumb Tailgater for all these scoring plays here. 
And then only 16 seconds later, Kingston breaks free for a 68-yard run from Jake DeLong to make it 14-8. Deckerville responds to make it 20-8 after a Kyneth 10-yard run. Kingston, though, still in it after a Deckerville fumble. They make it count, and Kohler has a 15-yard pass to Jack Green. PHR two-point conversion fails. It's a six-point game, Deckerville 20-14. On to the third quarter. Kingston starts out scoring three minutes in with a Jake DeLong 21-yard run. Two-point conversion is good, and suddenly it's a two-point ball game, 22-20. to 20. Uh, And then we have uh, Deckerville scoring again, Carlos Ibarra, then Kingston's Caleb Goss. Deckerville's Ethan Bowerman with a 44-yard run. And on to the fourth quarter with a score of 28-26, to 26, excuse me, 34-28 to 28, Deckerville. On to the fourth quarter, Jake DeLong for Kingston ties it up at 34-34. to 34. After the two-point conversion fails, and Ethan Bowerman breaks free with eight minutes left for a 46-yard run. And puts Deckerville up 42-34. to But then down to the final waning moments here. A few trying times. 4.44 left. Kingston converts on a fourth down. Continues to drive down the field. A minute and a half later, Kingston has a holding penalty and a sack on third down on offense. And facing a fourth and 21, they have an incomplete pass. But then Deckerville three and out. They punt away. Kingston takes over at their own 37-yard line. In the very next play... A, a Jack Green is stripped by Isaac Kineth after a catch to end the game. Deckerville 42-34. Deckerville now 8-0, 4-0 in the NCTL Blue. And Kingston falls to 6-2. This is not the Kingston team that opened the season with a 42-0 loss to Morris. When that game took place and that score was announced, we thought, oh boy, this is looking like a, a really uh, questionable season considering how tough the NCTL Blue has become. Uh, Kingston proved a lot in this game. Uh, Deckerville, I have a lot of questions. The last two weeks, 18 to nothing win over North Huron, uh, 42 to 34 against Kingston. I just don't know how good Deckerville is. Uh, hey, a win's a win. You know, Coach Brown, they don't they don't care about style points. They care about W's over there. But I, I do think that the injuries have taken their toll on this team. There are a number of injuries that uh, that that have happened. Some are season-ending. Some guys might be coming back. But if Deckerville can get whole again, I think Deckerville is as good as any team in Division One in eight-player football. But if, if this team, as it's currently constructed, goes into the playoffs, I think they're going to have trouble eventually and, and probably had trouble with one of their NCTL opponents in Morris eventually in the, in the uh, uh, state semifinals. Well, we were there and we watched the North Huron game, and they, they really had no answer for that North Huron um, defense. They they could get no penetration up the middle. They just kept pounding the middle, pounding the middle, waiting for that big one to happen. They did get a couple of them, but uh, North Huron was tough in the trenches on Deckerville, and I think that's the Achilles heel. Deckerville is not that big. Uh, they're physical. They're fast. Uh, they're they're athletic. They're uh, they're like ugly. They really. I mean, I think Deckerville has a couple stars, but they're, they're just sound defensively, offensively. Do a lot of things well, but they don't have. To me, they lack that dominant line, which they get pushed around a little bit. And I don't mean that because they're weak. It's just there's going to be some big teams out there that move them around. So their and defense. And I think that's where the injuries are, Dave. And it has to be yeah, because. And that's but that's where. From the game that we saw, that's where I saw that they struggled the most because now it's taking great plays. Uh, it, they picked off the ball twice, or they picked it off and then had a strip at the end of the game to take the ball away. They're, they're relying on forcing turnovers to get off the field instead of, you're not getting it. You're not getting 10 yards on four plays against us. So the mentality is a little different. It's a bend, not break defense right now, but I'm happy to see that this offense in a high-power game was able to keep up with an offense that can score because, worst-case scenario, they're going to have to outscore their opponents or their defense isn't going to get off the field. And Kingston has a big one this coming week as they will be hosting Mayville. Deckerville will be at Peck to round out the regular season. Deckerville obviously in the playoffs at 8-0, more than likely Peck at 5-3 because there is no secured victory mark in eight-player football. It's just the top 16 teams in each division. Ubley and Marlette in 11-player football, and it was all Ubley. 56 unanswered points to start this game, and then finally three minutes left in a running clock situation in regulation. Marlette finally scores. Casey Sweeney, Carson Haleski, Casey Sweeney, Shane Ozentowski, each with runs halfway through the second quarter. That takes us up to then Casey Sweeney throws a 32-yard pass to Kyle Sweeney, then Blake Badger with a 49-yard run, and then another 11-yard run in the third. And it's just impressive showing here from Ubley against, obviously, a weaker Marlette team. But regardless, 56 points in a wing T offense does not come by chance. 373 rushes on 30, or 30 yards on 33 rushes. 
and one of two passing for 32 yards for another score, seven total touchdowns. Obley now improves to 7-1 and one in the season. Hey, they've been very impressive. They have one loss, and it's to Harbor Beach, who is undefeated. And uh, that was a very closely contested game. Uh, about five minutes cost them that game for sure, and it was a, a great change by the, the the offensive staff of Harbor Beach. But this team has been very good, and I'm going to leave it at this. They're fundamentally sound. They're disciplined. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over, and they're going to try to run the football on you any way they can. Uh, I enjoy seeing Casey Sweeney throwing the ball about three times a game. That's perfect. Keeps defenses off their he- or on their heels, but uh, they're not really fast. So they have to be physical. They have to manufacture first downs. And I will be very excited to see what happens next week when they take on a very high-powered, potentially, Cass uh, City team. Oh, no question about it, Dave. Uh, I wanted to see how this team was going to respond after really a, you know, a heartbreaking loss to, to Harbor Beach where they feel like, you said, five minutes. That's where the game got away from them. Other than that, they were straight up even and put a drive – a 21-play drive on Harbor Beach, uh, chewed up a lot of cl- uh, yards and clock, did what they wanted to do, but it got away from them. Since then, they have just dismantled everybody in their path. Now, everybody in their path has not been very good, but they're taking care of business. They have a chance to go out and really prove something this week at Cass City, going against the the greatest on West champions, uh, really probably playing for a home playoff spot as well. A win here for Ubley, you have to think at least gets them a first round matchup or first round home playoff game. And, uh, uh, you never know. So I think uh, personally, I, I think Ubley's going to go in there and, uh, do what they did on their home field last year. They are going to, uh, they're going to upset the Red Hawks. That's a pretty bold, bold statement. Yeah, I think Ubley's good, but uh, this, this game is set up for in a revenge factor because uh, Cassidy had all the glory last year. They finally won that greater thumb West conference championship, just get slapped around by Ubley in week nine. And, uh, I, I think they're going to remember that game. I think this game is circled as a very important one to them, and I uh, I, I would never put anything past uh, the Ubley team because they you cannot be surprised by them. They they beat a lot of teams. I think Cass City's got to win this game. I, I just think that this is the game they must have going into the playoffs, and I think they're going to play like it. I, I love that this is the final game for these for these two teams. Uh, this is just the the end of this two year crossover. But uh, really. If you can't have a champion versus champion, uh, why not have the runner-up versus the other champion? And that runner-up is pretty darn good with Ubley. So, you know, this is definitely to see, uh, you know, East and West, who who is better in the Greater Thumb Conference? You just had your Greater Thumb East play the runner-up not that long ago, and it was a pretty close game, too. Casey Sweeney ended up with seven carries for 143 yards and two scores. That's over 20 yards per carry. Blake Badger, three carries, 54 yards, 17 yards per carry. Carson Husky, four carries for 46 yards and a score, 10 yards per carry. And Shane Ozentoski, three carries for 27 yards and a score, nine yards per carry. Ubley now, like we said, at Cass City next week, who is 7-1 in the season. Marlette at 2-6 and six, is traveling to Armada at 3-5. and five. It's time for a short break, and when we return, we'll talk about the playoffs. Finally, what everyone wants to talk about. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a bow action rifle. That is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of three inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22 inch camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only $499.95. Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, mount and bore sight scopes, offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website randyshuntingcenter.com and check out their Facebook page. Hi, I'm Randy Brown. Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Call 269-GUNS, 989-269-GUNS. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. This is Mike LePage from Thumb Bank and Trust. 
At Thumbbank, we are a proud supporter of our local communities and school athletics. No team is complete without a good coach. Let Thumbbank & Trust be your guide for personal service, professional excellence, and over 120 years of financial experience that any team needs to succeed. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Stop by any of our offices and let us show you the winning difference that is Thumbbank. We're Thumb Bank and Trust Company with locations in Pigeon, Caseville, Cass City, Bad Axe, and Bay City, where relationships are built on trust. Member FDIC. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams with The Strong Side. Like we said a number of times, we are back for the rest of the season. Next week, we will start at 6 p.m. for our two-hour postseason special. We'll recap week number nine, the first hour, and then starting at 7 o'clock, we will team up with Fox Sports Detroit, and we will announce the brackets and playoff brackets for the MHSA playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, let's take a look at our most soothsayer and prognosticator in the entire state of Michigan. That would be Snooze to You. Go to snooze the number two you.com Snooze to You, and he is the best bet as far as what the playoffs are going to look like. We'll start out in Division Seven. This is before the outcomes from this past Friday. So before this Friday, Snooze was saying uh, Cass City, Sandusky, and the Lakers would all be falling to, in, in Division Seven. That's a pretty strong. That's that's a confident statement. I'll, I'll attest to that. Cassidy was close on that cusp there. But unfortunately, according to Snooze, in the in the district with Sandusky, Cassidy, and Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers would be the defending state champion, New Lothrop. Yeah, that's a, t- that's a tall order. That's a tough draw. Right now, it's got Sandusky versus New Lothrop and uh, Cassidy versus Lakers. Yeah. Uh, New Lothrop, we had questions about them, you know, five, six years ago. There's no more questions. No, they are this the real team deal. is not a fraudulent program anymore. They have, uh, since 2016, when Ubley went over to Chesning and beat them, they have uh, really turned the program as a corner, er, er, turned the corner as a program. And, uh, you know, that state championship last year, I think, really le- legitimized them. Oh, it certainly does. It would legitimize any program, and that, definitely what they needed because they were getting tired of thumb schools coming over there and out phys- <laughs> physically playing them every single game. But, uh, yeah, so it's a tough draw for Cass City, and especially Cass City as your Greater Thumb West champion. Uh, just going to make it even tougher to get that first district championship. But it certainly appears to me, and, I, and you guys might see something different, that New Lothrop's on a collision course with Jackson Lumi, Lumen Christie. I, I would think oh, absolutely. so. Um, but I, I still do think Cassidy's on that cut line. We, we talked about it, and there's a lot of teams uh, that could uh, position themselves above Cassidy to potentially push Cassidy down to Division Eight. And if that happens, we know we know what that division or what that district's going to look like. Uh, uh, we could have a potential Division Eight district of Cassidy, Harbor Beach, Ubley, and USA. I would be really excited for that district. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that uh, Cassidy gets pushed down. But if they stay in Division Seven. Uh, they, in all likelihood, will play for a division or for a district championship, but uh, it'll be a tall order going over there to New Lothrop. Yeah, when you take a look at school size here, what Sandusky has 289, Lakers has 279, and then Cassidy has 269. And for reference, USA has 250, who is securely in Division 8. So yeah. it's somewhere in there. Now, we mentioned earlier in the show, you know, you got Bad X going over to Sandusky to play, and a, a fifth win there probably puts bad X in the playoffs. Well, that's one team that, that goes above Sand or above Cass city and bumps Cass city down. Uh, Millington is another team right now to keep an eye on four and four, uh, back from the dead from a one and four yeah, start no to four and four, uh, has a really tough game this week, but I think a winnable game. So all of a sudden Millington gets put into the playoffs and it bumps somebody down. Uh, we're not going to be talking about this next year, so I'm getting, I'm, I'm enjoying it this year because there will not be any more scenarios like this, uh, in the future. It's very interesting, and it's it's not a it's not a set in stone thing. It's so week nine is is very important to a lot of schools. It's very important to Cass City because one they can't control any of this. It totally depends on what five team school five win teams get in, and you can't really predict that until the games are all over. 
And it's a pretty safe bet here. On the uh, out, Once you get outside of the district here, you have Puama Westphalia waiting for you on the other side in the regional. And then uh, you go north. So you either have Traverse City St. Francis or Iron Mountain before you move on further. Indiv- seven is that's a, That's an impressive, Absolutely impressive division there. And that's just on one side. Uh, we're not even, you don't even look at the other yeah, side. Well, which ha- Bishop you know. Foley, Schoolcraft, Cassopolis. Jackson North, Christie, North I still, Muskegon. I still think though that you know Jackson Lumen Christie has it way oh, easier on that side. I mean they just they get the benefit of but, just but walking unbelie- to Fort uh, Field. You're, you're talking some blue blood programs that year in year out are state championship contenders, and they are all grouped together in the same group at 32. In Division Eight, which would be Harbor Beach, USA, Ubley, and uh, like we said, Cassidy on that cusp on whether they go seven or eight. But right now, uh, according to Snooze, it's Harbor Beach, USA, and Ubley. In that fourth team in that district is kind of up for grabs. As of right now, Snooze has it as Flint Beecher. Now, the dark arts of the MHSAA is kind of all over the place, and historically they have thrown a Saginaw team into that district and then had Flint Beecher come into the region. And that's the that's the angle I'm kind of leaning on, is it's either going to be Saginaw MLS or Saginaw Novelle, and not so much Beecher, which would be run into Beecher in the region if that's the case. But realistically, I think it's Harbor Beach, USA, Ubley, and maybe even MLS, if not Novell. I, I think it's going to be Novell. Novell was in this district last year. That's true. That's very true. So I, I think three of the teams, no doubt about it, Harbor Beach, Ubley, USA, they're all going to be grouped together. I think you throw Novell in there. Uh, Novell has uh, – Novell would be the fourth seed, so that would be a, a two-and-three matchup of USA and Ubley. That would be Re- a game. Rematch uh, in Ubley in all likelihood – that that's gonna be a that that's gonna be a good game. Uh, I know it won't be heard on this stand. This well, station. I was just gonna say that <laughs> unless it unless it somehow goes to USA. Uh, un- unless they move the game to USA, I don't. We're just not gonna be able to cover that game. But after week one, no team would want another crack at a team more than USA and Ubley. Oh, uh, wow. USA laid such an egg there in week one. We talked about that, and they are such a better team. And if I'm Ubley, I don't want to see USA again. If I'm Harbor Beach, I don't want to see USA again either. Uh, that's a team that that uh, is really pesky and really really good at what it does. But I, I love the way this district's shaping up. I think you throw throw Beecher out, <laughs> put Nouvelle in. That's probably in all likelihood going to be your district unless Cass City falls down. It's one of those three schools. It could be MLS, could be Novell, could be Beecher. And I don't think there's going to be any other surprises. When you look at the map and highlight them and see where these schools are, there's not a lot of teams that come from the north. There's so many of them bunched to the south. So it's where those kind of fall in line as they work their way up to the thumb to see which team comes in. And usually they get so many that they tend to grab from the west, which is Saginaw Novell. That's probably where they end up with, because I, if I'm not mistaken, mistake and this would be weird if i remember this i think this was a situation last year where snooze oh, snooze same. seems to make more sense and economically and whatever that flint beecher makes more sense and mhsa always throws saginaw in there it seems like that it's a pattern that those two are always off on those two schools and uh you know so it could be either one well the reason that snooze has this and if you're looking at it and we're on radio so it's hard to it's hard to paint <laughs> yeah, a picture but there, there is a little cluster mm-hmm. Uh, that includes Breckenridge, Nouvelle, Merrill, and Saginaw MLS. They are very tightly grouped together, and I think that's, that makes sense. That's yeah. where Snooze is going, and that's why he has Beecher. I just think historically, on what the MHSA has done in the past, Nouvelle, in all likelihood, is going to be the one that ends up in this district. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, regardless of what happens, Harbor Beach is is the home team. You're going to have to come to Harbor Beach and do something that hasn't been done in well over a decade. Beat Harbor Beach in the playoffs at home. It is a tall task, whether it's a Ubley, USA, or whomever has come in here. Uh, they have all experienced it, and it's just something about coming over to this this part of the state in the fall. It, it's just a great home field advantage for the Pirates. In eight-player football, there's two divisions. The larger division, which would be home to Deckerville, Mayville, Kingston, uh, they're all in the same region. Mind you, there's uh, there, there's technically no districts in uh, eight-player football because it's half the half the uh, bracket of only 16. And then they're throwing New Haven Merritt in there as of right now. On the other side would be Morris, Flint International, Camden Frontier, and Weberville. So it, it very well could be Deckerville moving on throughout of the region. Yeah, I see Deckerville winning this. Uh, potential Kingston rematch. Uh, that, that, that could be pretty interesting for for the eagles again but again uh just like we mentioned with harbor beach being at home deckerville being at home 
Uh, I don't remember too many teams in the playoffs that have come in the Deckerville and won in the in the you know last decade. Yeah, or so. I can't remember. So when you get that home field advantage, you take advantage of it. Um, I I think Deckerville can win the win this region, and we're probably looking at a, a semifinal showdown with them and defending state champion Morris. I think that's what we're all in favor of. We'd love to see Deckerville and Morris face off and see what happens. But that other side, the other two regions, those north teams, the UP teams, the the northern teams from the lower peninsula we don't those teams are it's hard to get any sort of information on any of those teams some new names up there some of them seven and oh it's a lot of them six and one so it'll be interesting to see who knocks themselves out because if, if none of those teams live up to any of the hype your semifinal between deckerville and morris which we hope is what it is might be your state championship game. i, I think your three best eight player teams in the state are all in division two and all in the same dist- all in the same region, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, you have Powers second. North Central, Crystal Falls, Forest Park, and Pickford all in the same region, and the two local teams would be North Huron and Peck on the other side of the bracket. Portland, Portland, St. Patrick, and Hale would also be in that same region. And unfortunately, we have to move on to this week's schedule, week number nine, and we'll go through a we'll blast through NCTL here: Litchfield at Ashley, Weberville at Morris. In the NCTL, Red Flint International at Burton, Madison, Mount Pleasant, Sacred Heart, if they're playing at Genesee. Caseville at Carsonville, Port Sanilac, Bay City All Saints at Akron Fairgrove, Owen Gage at New Haven Merritt. In the NCTL Blue, Deckerville at Peck, North Huron at Burton Atherton, and Mayville at Kingston. Thoughts, anyone? Mayville at Kingston looks like a pretty appealing game to me. We just saw Mayville push, or uh, excuse me, Kingston push Deckerville to the limits. We'll see how they handle a Mayville team coming off a nice win. And it's a big rivalry game. You know, in in these parts in Huron County, we don't know all the rivalries around the around the Thumb area, but that is a big time rivalry game between Mayville and Kingston, and it's going to mean a lot there. Uh, the winner. Is probably going to get a home field game. This could be a rematch, possibly, uh, between these these teams. So who knows what happens between uh, Kingston? There's still a lot of line uh, between Kingston and Mayville. Uh, outside of that, uh, not a whole lot to write about. I, I would I would assume Deckerville would handle Peck. It is on the road, but Peck has five wins, maybe. But Deckerville, that should be a, a get right, get ready game for them. And then in the Greater Thumb Conference, we have Ubley at Cass City, Brown City at USA, Harbor Beach at Lakers. Bad Axe at Sandusky, then non-conference, Carrow at North Branch, Reese at Saginaw MLS, Otisville Lakeville at Vassar, Marine City Cardinal Mooney at Memphis, and then we have Marlette at Armada in Emily City at KPAC. Really three games stick out, Ubley Cass City, that that one, uh, we just, a lot of a lot of question marks on who's, who's the best East and West there, uh, Harbor Beach Lakers, you want to see that one, uh, so I said just say four games, Harbor Beach Lakers, uh, to see... If our reach can wrap up home field, USA, that's an automatic qualifier for USA. And then Badax Sandusky, if Sandusky wins, they're automatically in. If Badax wins, uh, then Badax and Sandusky are both going to be on pins and needles uh, coming to see if they if they make the playoffs. For, for me, I, I just don't – I haven't seen anything out of Lakers to make me nervous there. So I think Harbor Beach walks through that one. I think USA walks through Brown City. Yes, they have implications for playoffs, but I think those are gimme victories. The one on there that you're not mentioning is Reese at Saginaw MLS. That is a chance for one of our local teams to see a potential uh, regional game with Saginaw MLS or a team that could possibly be thrown in that district. So I'd like to see how they handle a Reese team, which quite frankly isn't very good, but we'll see how close that game ends up. Maybe we get some insight, some uh, some local people to see, give us an update on what MLS looks like. And for a programming note, unfortunately Dave Hanson and myself, Clark Ramsey, will not be on air this Friday. I have some uh, family business to attend to, so unfortunately we will not be on air on Friday. However, we will be on air on Sunday for the two-hour postseason special of The Strong Side, beginning at 6 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. We'll start recapping week number nine at 6 p.m., and then at 7 p.m. we'll be announcing the playoff pairings for the MHSA postseason of high school football. On behalf of Dave Hansen and Paul P. Adams, I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening tonight. Tonight's broadcast was brought to you by Thumb Bank and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, Thompson Chevrolet, and Sure, Better Health, Better Life, are you sure? So on behalf of the entire WLW Sports Network, thank you for listening. We will see you again this a week from today, Sunday at 6 p.m. for the two-hour postseason special of The Strong Side.